Amen. Thank you, Tom. Um, of course, we're going to do the, the epistles of John today, verses, chapters 1, 2, and 3. Um, we're, we're out of order now as far as the Bible, the book of the Bibles goes. So next week, we're going to do Titus. And uh, so we're going to go back a little bit, but, um, but at any rate, we're, uh, I'm sure that Butch and his organizational skills going to get us back on track. Just no problem. We're going to be to Revelation soon, so. And that's the end of the chapter. <laughs> that's the end of the book, regardless. And uh, so anyway, we're going to uh, we're going to go through these first three uh, the, the uh, epistles of John. Now, what do you all th- who do you all think of, or what do you think of when you think about the Apostle John? The beloved disciple. The beloved disciple. What else comes to mind? The youngest one. The youngest one. He was in his 20s when, it was surmised that he was in his 20s when, uh, when uh, he first met Christ. And uh, he was the son of Zebedee, Boaginis, as he was called, sons of thunder, uh, and, and so on. So he was a prominent figure in, in the disciples, in the apostles. He was part of God's inner, I mean, of uh, Jesus' inner circle. He was with Jesus during the transformation. Uh, he was, uh, his gospel that was written never mentions his name. Neither do these. Neither do the epistles. Um, I always thought of John as, as the apostle of, of love because he stresses God's love for us so much, for God so loved the world. And, you know, and you, we, you, by this you will know that we love one another, and, and so on. Um, and I'm going to quit quoting because I might get outside of John and, <laughs> and really look dumb up here as if I needed help. Uh, but, but John, is, is, uh, he, he wrote five books of the Bible. He wrote, of course, the Gospel of John, and he wrote Apocalypse, or that's, that's my old Catholic background there, Revelation, <laughs> the book of Revelation, and then he wrote these three. Uh, there was some controversy or some disagreement as to who the author of these, of these epistles were, uh, but there seems to be always is. There are only two books in the Scripture that don't have the title or the, the author ascribed to it in the beginning or in the, in the first couple of verses. And that's this, this, John, and Hebrew that Tim taught us last week. So we, you know, the, the, so the, the author is, is not clearly or plainly or anything else, but the church fathers, starting with Polycarp, who was a, a bishop of Smyrna back in the first century, uh, first Christian century, um, and he, uh, he quoted or, or ascribed reference to the first epistle of John. Uh, so all of the, you know, throughout the ages, it was always ascribed and always believed that John, the apostle, wrote these, these epistles. So, thus the first, second, and third epistle of John. So, we want to, to uh, look at this. The, the, as I said, the earliest writers, Polycarp was somewhere around 115 um, to 125 A.D., he uh, was able to, as I said, reference John's first epistle. 
Um, Polycarp was, as I said earlier, again, the, um, he was the, um, a student of John's. Uh, the opening statement in the first epistle tells us pretty much uh, what Jesus is going to be teaching or the reason for this. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about this, but let me read to you, if you would, and I'll, I'll read the first, the first passage there. It was 1 John 1, uh, 1 through 3. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our, own, with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That we have seen and heard, we proclaim that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. This is, a, this is the, the gospel this is the gospel, all, all in, in, in just, you know, those things. And this is what he's going to, the purpose of him writing this book. We'll talk about the, the heresy that was in the church in, in, in just a second. But, but he was writing this, and this is, his, this is his thematic statement. This is the theme of his gospel, or of his epistle at this point. Uh, he's saying to us that, you know, obviously, that which was from the beginning, I mean, that kind of goes back to John 1, right? Uh, the, the, the Gospel of John 1, in the beginning, which was from the beginning, we have learned and have seen with our, eye, with our eyes, we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, was made flesh, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and was made manifest to us was was we've seen this we we were there uh we heard him now about this time john was probably the only apostle left alive he was one that died of natural causes he was he was an old man uh and and it was thought to be in in ephesus uh now ephesus was a roman colony all these churches that, we, that, that are around Ephesus and around Asia, it, it's in, in the, on the continent of Asia, in Asia Minor, were established by Paul when he went through on his, I think it was his second missionary uh, journey. Uh, well, it was his Ephesian ministry around, you know, 52, 55 AD. He established all these churches in this area. But just like in the earlier days, what happens? Paul preaches, Paul establishes a church, he's... He, is, he, he lets the work stay, and then he goes on to other fields, and heresy begins to creep into the churches. So Paul has to go back, you know, and, and straighten people out. He has to write letters to them and, and all of these things. Well, it's the same thing with this. Only here, um, John is, is, is writing the letter. Now, in the second and third epistles, the author is noted himself there as the elder, and, and that's, that's as close as we can get to, to John. As I said, he was an old man by this time. He was, he was uh, you know, probably even older than Tom, but, <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll see, you know. Uh, but he was, uh, 
he was uh, uh, and there, as I said, referred to himself as the elder. These, these two were written to two different churches around Ephesus. And obviously, the other churches knew who he was talking about when he said the elder. Uh, and, and John was highly esteemed uh, uh, in this. I mean, who wouldn't be? If we, if we had someone in our midst today that had walked on the sea or with the sea, around the sea of Gethsemane with Christ, you know, he'd be pretty well, you know, pretty well esteemed. Whatever you say, you know, I mean, kind of thing. So it, it was him, it was, you know, recognizable there. You know, it's only natural that he would have been well known there. Um, he was exiled to Patmos because of his teachings, because of his teaching of the gospel. He, there he penned or he wrote the book of Revelation. And then he, then he went back to Ephesus and, and lived out his life there, supposedly. Now, um, this was, as I said, a Roman province. It, it was sort of, um, oh, I don't know, uh, the upper crust of the Roman Empire. It was established, first of all, by the Greeks who established as an empire. Uh, they went in and conquered all of, the, all of the area around the Mediterranean Sea, which included that part of what's now Turkey. Uh, at, that part, at that point, it was part of Asia Minor. It's still Asia Minor, but it's part of Turkey now. Um, and then, of course, when the Romans conquered the Greeks, it became the Roman province. It was an intellectual center. The, the ruins at Ephesus today has the, what was left of a library. Huge building. I mean, it's crumbling, but it was, it's still, still pretty tall, you know. But it was, uh, it, it was the, 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 the height of intellectualism. Um, it was a wealthy colony. It was, uh, you know, it was one of Rome's uh, crown jewels. And in this, then, when you come to teaching this new religion, this, this Jewish sect, as it was looked upon in the earlier days, uh, people would ordinarily or would naturally question these things and question this. So in their questioning it, they allowed a form of uh, heresy, and it is heresy, but it's... Docetism. How do you pronounce that, Joel? Uh, docetism. Docetism. That's what I Okay. Docetism. So, docetism is a belief that it, it's a dual system. It's evil and it's good. And there the twain shall meet. So, what is evil? Anything connected to the earth or to the flesh. We are evil. Everything on earth is, is, is evil. What is good? spiritual good. God is good. Uh, the spiritual world is good. So how can the evil of man and the good of God coexist? And they said it couldn't. But of course we know it did. It does. In the person of Jesus Christ. But that's what they were, they were saying. That no, no, he, he wasn't that Jesus was born, at his baptism, the Holy Spirit came down and indwelled in Jesus or surrounded Jesus, that, the, that they went, did their ministry together, and on the cross, or before that, the Spirit left Jesus 
And Jesus suffered and died and, and rose again from at that point. But the separateness of, of it kept God and man separated. Well, we know that didn't that's, that's not true. But the people were beginning to believe it. And again, this was that intellectualism that they that that they espoused during that time. Question. Okay. So when Jesus was human on earth, they believed that he was evil? No. They believed that his body was was evil. But him, Jesus, was I, I don't really know how they did that. It was almost like uh, but can I just, please piggyback on that, kind of what you're saying with that spirit flesh dualism. Uh, the word docetism comes from a Greek word uh, dokeo, which means to seem like. And so they said Jesus only seemed like a man. Mm. Uh, so he was not actually a human being or did not actually have a human nature. It just seemed like he did. Because remember, spirit good, in their view, spirit good, flesh, material, bad. Man. The whole goal of the Greek system, in many of the Greek philosophies, is to ascend beyond the material world into the spiritual world, the higher world. So how could it be possible for God to do that in reverse? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to take the mm -hmm. spiritual world and make it come into the... the uh, that's why they say the gospel was foolishness to the Greeks. Mm -hmm. uh, because that makes no sense to them. So mm -hmm. docetism, he just seemed like a man, but he actually was not. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and the, the Jesus, or, or the Christ, and I want to distinguish between Jesus and Christ, Jesus being the man, Christ being the, the Son of God, uh, that, that Jesus was the one that suffered, Christ did not, because Christ was good. Well, we know again, that's just, that's just pure heresy. You know, and that's what John is saying in here. We in in his first in his opening verses, we uh, you know which we looked upon, touched with our hands, testify to you, to it, to all of these things, and proclaim to you eternal life. He's not making he's not leaving any doubt here that they were there, they saw that you know uh, that that you know which was with the, who was made manifest to us that we have seen and heard. We proclaim. Also to you. Now, this is John writing the book. Who, who is we? The apostles. The apostles. This is, he's writing in the plural here, not wishing to, you know, but, but he's saying that we, we, we saw these things. We told you about them. You know, it reminds me of, of Paul in Galatians, and he says, who has deceived you, you foolish Galatians, you know? I mean, he's like saying... What happened? What's going on here? This is the way, this is what it is. So the, the, uh, we see that, that you know, this, this was the purpose of him, of him writing and, and, uh, and telling the people or sending these things to the people around, around that, part of, that part of Asia. You know, um, in, the, in the, the first epistle, um, these false teachings were, were throughout, and, and, and John starts off again in, in chapter 1, and, and uh, I've given all of you those, those things to, to read. So if you would, um, if, if whoever has John, or First John 1, 5, read that, please. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, 
that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay. These are tests, if you would, of the spiritual life. In other words, they say you're a Christian, let's, let's, let's let you test it. See if, see if this is it. You know, God is light. There is no darkness. You get the, the dualism there again? Light, darkness, in, in pure contrast. Light and darkness can't exist together. <laughs> we can have dim light, but it's, it's, still, it's, you know, it's still light and darkness. It's the, it's the two, two separates. He goes on, we lie, and our, our, uh, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Lying and truth, once again, the, the, the dual thing that he's setting up. He says, but if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son cleanses all our sins. So, you know, establishing the fact here, again, that Jesus was the son of God. And that there's no, you know, and that there's no doubt about that. So the, 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 the first is, do we walk in the light? Do we see, can we see the truth? Let's go on to uh, the second test, if you would, and that's found in verse John 1, 8. And someone has that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. <coughs> And who is the only one who can forgive our sins? God. So we know then that if we, you know, if we, if we, if we say we have no sin, we're lying to ourselves. You know, uh, it was, you know, and then those who deny their sin won't have any need for the cleansing power of Jesus's blood. And they don't need the power of, of Jesus in their lives. Those who know their sins will confess them and know that, that forgiveness can only come from knowing God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's, that's, that's the, the second test. Are we sinners? Do we confess our sins? The answer is yes. All right, then the next one, that 1 John 1, 10 through chapter 2, verse 2. Tim, I believe a... You're the one. Yep. <coughs> we say we have not sinned. We make him a liar. And his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation. So here again, this is the third test. Do we say we haven't sinned? If we say that, we make him, Jesus, God, a liar. You know, we, we must recognize ourselves. And I love this, the way John, John addresses his flock there. He says, my little children. You know, I mean, this is a father talking to his kids, you know, albeit earthly. I mean, we're not comparing him to, to God or to Christ or anything, but he's saying, my little children. You know, listen to what I'm saying. I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does, 
we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, not, not for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. And it goes back again, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, you know, and, and you know the rest of it. So anyway, we are sinners and we continue to sin, you know, but again, that's, it's, that, it's that caring that, that, that John is, is showing for his children. You know, when I was growing up, I was a young Catholic and I was an altar boy and I did everything that was supposed to be done, you know, and, and everything else. And, and, and we would go to confession on Saturday night and then we had to be sin free until the next morning so we could go to communion. If we weren't sin free by the time we, you know, we had to go back and do an act of contrition and, and, you know, unless it was a really bad sin, the difference between a mortal and a venial sin, and if it was a mortal sin, we better not take communion because we, we, we were in sin all over again. Jack, you know what I'm talking about. And, and, you know, I figured the only way that I could really be sinless the next morning is for somebody to drop a bomb on the confessional that I was in <laughs> just after I received absolution. Because it just, you know, I had two sisters. What else can I say? <laughs> it, was just, it was just one of those impossible things for me to go overnight without a sin, without sinning. But, you know, and, and you know, but he, John is saying here, we are sinners. But Christ forgives our sins. And, and, and we're for, our sins are forgiven through, through his blood. Um, you know, and, and then going on into chapter 2, John talks to us or gives us a, 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 some more test here, and it's the test of, of obedience. And what was that test that he gave? In John 14, 15, he says, If you love me, what? You will keep my commandments. Hmm. Boy, what a test, right? How can we keep his commandments, you know? But in, in, in verse 10 through 11 in that chapter, chapter 2, who has that one? I've got that. Okay. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Again, the dual thing here, light and darkness. You know, he who loves his brother walks in the light. And, and, and if you don't, I mean, this is kind of spreading it out really, really, you know, what are you or how are you, you know, the, the, toward, your, toward, your other, toward your people, you know, toward your other people. The, it's, it's black and white and no gray in between. Well, I sort of don't like that guy. No, you can't sort of not like that guy. That's like being a little bit pregnant, you know. You either are or you aren't. <laughs> and so... So you either love him or you don't, you know, and that's, and, and that's just the way, you know, that, that's just what, what John is getting us to see here, you know. Uh, hatred here is, is, you know, when he uses the word hatred some, in some of the translations, he's not talking about the hatred that we usually think of. He's just talking about the lack of love for, for your brother, for the, you know, for the one that you're supposed to, to love, you know, so he, he you know. Uh, he's again putting down this, this test of obedience. 
God says, or, or John, in, in John, he says, love one another. And if we don't love one another, then where are we? You look like you're trying to say something, Judy. Yeah, I was just going to say, brother, does he mean your fellow Christians, or does he mean everybody in that particular verse? In this particular verse, since he's writing to, this, to his church, I think he probably means the, means the brothers in his church. However, we're not to hate anybody. You know, we're not to dislike anybody. We're supposed to love them enough to want to tell them about Christ. And so, you know, it could be, it could be either way. That's a nice way I have a saying. I don't really know. But, it's, uh, it, but I would think that since, again, he's writing to his church, and, and this, this anytime you have division in the church, whether it be this or, or Gnosticism or uh, Judaism or, uh, or whatever, you're going to have you're going to have people on both sides. That's, that's one thing we like to do is choose sides, and and so you're going to have them like that. So you know, and and he again, like Paul, is preaching the the um, preaching the the unity of the church here. So going on then, um, and I think my watch just no, it didn't. Never mind. Oh, can I just piggyback on that? Certainly. Later on, he's going to say, uh, do not love the world or the things of the world, later in the chapter, which he identifies as um, desires of the flesh, desires of the eyes, the pride of possessions. Um, but it's more about not loving the things the world loves, the systems of the world, the corruption of the world, the sin of the world. Um, but as Clarence said, we're called to love our enemies mm -hmm. and pray for those who persecute us and Love our neighbors. <laughs> so between neighbors and enemies, that's everybody. <laughs> Sometimes both at the same time. <laughs> but uh, that's everybody. And you know, there's a saying that's not original, and I'm, you know, so don't don't groan too loudly when you hear it. Uh, it was a saying that I'll remember, and and it, you know, when we talk about brothers within the church, you know, it says somebody said one time says to live above with saints we love. That will be glory. But to live below with saints we know, that's another story. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes it gets hard to live with our brothers down here, you know, and, and sisters and, and so on and so forth. But anyway, John is, is, is concerned, you know, about, about his church. But again, like as, as Joel said, we are to love we're to love our enemies, and, and we're to, to, you know, but, uh, but at any rate, um, he is, uh, how do we, how do we react to our brothers, you know, and, and how do you, how do you show the love, you know, by this they will know that we are Christians, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, in the next section, John addresses Three age groups, little children, fathers and, and fathers, and young men. Now, he's addressing the groups of spiritual maturity here, not necessarily the age here, you know. And, and he's, he's writing to them, not because, you know, they don't know the truth, but because they do know it. They know what they're supposed to do. And because there is no lie in the truth. Then he goes on to warn them in, in, in starting in verse 18 down there and warn them about the, the Antichrist 
And uh, who has 18 through 24? I do. Okay. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out. That is, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you who have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have the knowledge, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. Okay. So who is the Antichrist? Anyone who professes or anyone who says that Jesus is not the Son of God. Anyone that confesses or says or preaches that, that Jesus was no one, was not the Jesus that we find in the Bible, <coughs> in Scripture. These are, this is the Antichrist. He says there are many Antichrists. Boy, if we could only see today, right? I mean, <laughs> that was nothing compared to the Antichrists that we have today, you know. And, and, and uh, so any, anyone that confesses that there is no you know, that Jesus is not God, you know, who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Now, this is speaking to, speaking to this. This is, you know, this was saying that Jesus, the man, was not really Christ, the God, the Son of God. And, and you know, but, but John is saying, mm -mm, that's, that's Antichrist. That's anti-Christian. That is, that is not what, you know, that's not what we taught you. And he's saying to him, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm teaching you, I am telling you, not because you don't know, but because you know. We came, we talked, we, 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 uh, we taught you this. And you know the truth. So he's getting after him pretty hard at that point, you know, that... that that, that you don't have any anything at all there, and, and you know, to, to no leg to stand on, basically. All right, in chapter three, then we are there. Any, anything, anybody, any thoughts anybody had, or anything they want to say before we go on? Bruce, you know, when you do that, it makes me think you're really thinking of something. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. You want to share, or you want to? <laughs> but in, but in chapter three. And if somebody will read uh, 3, 1, and 2. love the Father has given to us that we should be called 
children of God. And so we are. And if we think about it, he had all, you know, and he gave all to us as his children, as his heirs. None of us deserved anything that he has done for us or is doing for us or will do for us. And yet, his love is so great that we should be called the children of God, and, and so we are. Um, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. Where in, where in Scripture did Christ say, you know, don't be surprised when the world reviles you because look at what it did to the apostles and look at what it's going to do to me. And, and so don't be alarmed when we are ostracized, <laughs> put out in the, you know, uh, eliminated from certain things, all of these things. And, and believe me, we haven't seen the persecution that our, that our brothers and sisters are seeing even today. And it's because of their love for Christ. Um, he says, and then, and then let's go on. He says, walking, he says, again, the test of love comes. So if somebody would read uh, 7 and 8. Did I not give it? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. I'll read it. Walking in love and keeping is a sound doctrine. He's, been, he's taught this to not, uh, not succumbing to the ways of the world. He says, little children, and this is verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared to man was to destroy the works of the devil. So, you know, this, John, is, John is saying, you know, again here, you know, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. How many of you don't sin anymore? Show of hands. Nobody? Gosh, we're all reprobates, right? <laughs> so what does he mean? What does he mean? What is the idea of sinning? He's already told us if we sin, we confess our sins, and he's righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he's given us a way out. I think there he means that, that we sin. We're Christians. We sin. Do we know we're sinning? We know it. We know it. We can justify it. We can make an excuse for it. We can do all kind of things to make it right in our minds, but do we know we're all right with it? No, because the Holy Spirit, if we're, if we're truly Christians, the Holy Spirit's working in our minds, and, and we know then that, that we're sinners. So we go and ask for forgiveness, not just to God, but from our brothers and sisters, and, and we make things right. Will we sin again? Yes, because that's just, that's just our old person still living in there you know the, the the indians had a thing or not not the indians necessarily but some religious group had a well, some earlier group had a had a saying that says that in a man in every man there's there's a, a two wolves one good one and one bad one whichever one prevails is the one you feed so if you feed the bad wolf the bad wolf is going to prevail and you're going to be evil 
If you feed the good one, the good wolf is going to prevail, and you're going to be good. So it depends on, you know, if we lavish our sins, if we, if we enjoy our sins to the point to where we don't want to get rid of them, then we have to go back and look and see whether or not we're really, we're really saved. And we're really walking with Christ. And if we're not, then, then we need to do, you know, we need to be on our knees again for this. Now, chapter, going on into chapter 4, um, we see that, that, you know, John is telling us, don't take everything you hear for granted. Don't take everything you hear as truth. Verses one, four, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits where they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ that has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that's, you know, and, and that, you know, so he's saying, test the spirits. If you hear something from anybody, how do you test them? You go back to the source. You go back to the to scripture. And, and you, you, you check it out. You consult with theologians, commentaries. You talk to the pastor, you talk to the elders, you talk to, to whomever, you know, that can, that can clarify what they're saying. Now, of course, there's obvious things that, you know, if, if they say Jesus is not the Son of God, then you know automatically that's just, that's just pure heresy, and that's, that should not even be tolerated. But, again, question things. If Joel says something from the scripture, from the pulpit that you don't think is right, go to Joel. Ask him, if I say something in here that you don't think is right, come to me. Or come to whoever, you know, is teaching that Sunday school class. Don't let it just lie and, 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 and fester because it will, it will grow. Um, okay, so it says question, question these things. And, and, you know, but do so in love. Don't, don't, don't be the one who's, you know, who's excited that you made a mistake and, and anxious to point it out to you kind of thing. But go to them in love and figure this, and, and figure this thing out. Finally, in there, chapter 5, um, teaches about the assurance that we have in, in our faith in Jesus Christ. Did I give anybody chapter 5, verse 13? Yes. Okay. Amen. You know. You don't have to think about it. You know it. You know, and this is John telling his people, these things you may know that you have eternal life. This is one of the salvation verses in the, that long ago evangelism explosion, you know. How can we know that we have, you know, how can you know these things are true? Well, there it is. That's, you know, that's the verse that we use. So, any questions so far about anything in, cha in, in, the, first, in the first epistle, the first book? Yes, ma'am. One thing that just really impressed me as we're going through this is, and as we were 
In the, the beginning, beginning was the yeah. word, yeah. and this letter he starts out right there. The same way. The end of the Gospel of John says, "We've seen these things. We've testified to these things." And he's talking about that right at the beginning of this letter. And then, as we're reading through, you know, I'm thinking about man. He's almost quoting himself from the Gospel. <laughs> yeah. And and the the upper room when yeah. Jesus was talking with his disciples and saying, "Okay, these are my instructions to you." It's almost as if John is fleshing that out mm-hmm. for his the, the people he was writing to. For his flock. This is what I know from from Jesus himself. Yeah. This is how it's going to look like yeah. in, in yeah. your fellowship. And, and um, I just, it just struck me it's, in, it, it, in, in the parallelism between the two letters. Yeah, you'd almost think the same guy wrote it, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate that. Okay, so any other thoughts on the first on on the first epistle? The second two, second and third are the shortest books in the Bible. Uh, they they're even shorter than, than Titus and um, Philemon. Uh, the one is is you know the the, the elder uh, is of course John and and uh, and whatnot. Uh, but in the in the the second epistle, he's writing to. The elect lady, um, John three or, or third John, or second John one. Who's got that? The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Mm. Amen. Okay, who is the elect lady? And you remember that John is, is, is probably in Ephesus, but there are other churches around, you know, around that area. So, yes, the elect lady is thought to be another church and, and, and her children, whom I love, who are, who are Christians and who are following, following this. So this is the one specifically to a local church rather than to a person. And, those, and her children, of course, are the, the members of the congregation. We are children of Pinewoods. And, and uh, you know, here, if that was the case here. Uh, then he basically repeats the, the warnings in the, of his first epistle. He goes over it again for, for this specific church. This one must have, been, must have been really teetering on the edge. They needed a double dose of what John was offering. So he writes to them specifically for this. And then the third, uh, the third epistle, uh, just as he did in the... In the second, he refers to himself as the, the elder. In this, in this one, he, he, it's, um, uh, he addresses a letter to a church leader named Gaius. Now, Gaius is sort of like John or Bill in, in, in that day and time. It was a pretty common name. Uh, so we don't know who Gaius was. Or, or is we don't have any idea there, but he was a, a leader of that particular body that he was sending the letter to. So he sent it to Gaius, and uh, he his you know uh, he, he he was probably very uh, you know uh, esteemed in that church. He was a believer, and probably one who had been taught by John himself, 
who had come to John and then gone off and, as a missionary or, or, or whatever and somehow ended up at this church. He is critical of this guy, Diotrephes. And we don't know what Diotrephes said other than he didn't like him very much. But he did like Demetrius. And so we won't take time to read the whole thing there, but if somebody has verse 9 there, if you would. It's not up there? All right, well, I'll read chapter, I'll read uh, 3 John 9. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, uh, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. Whew. That says a little bit there that, um, you know, Demetrius, on the other hand, is a good guy. Anybody have verse 12? Yes. Okay. So Diotrephes was a bad guy and Demetrius was a good guy. We don't know anything at all about that. But you know, I mean, let's, let's, you all have been in churches to go back and think about people in those churches and, and how, you know, how a hierarchy seems to arise in all others but Pinewoods, of course. But uh, in, in some that we've been in and, and some people are just take advantage of, uh, of the situation and cause problems. But Diotrephes obviously was not, a, not adhering to what John was saying in, to, his, to his believers or to his followers in, all the, in the other churches. So he calls him out, you know, Diotrephes did this. And we should be prepared sometimes to do the same thing if we, if we know that we're, you know, that we're walking with God when we do that. Questions, comments, that's your, that's your John 1, 2, and 3. I'll, I'll, I'll close this by... my. <laughs> It was because it was so cute, I think, you know. When way back in the beginning of this church, we used to have, we had, um, um, well, we still have fall festivals. But at that time, we, someone was told, or the theme of the church was, you're to dress as, member, as a, a biblical people, someone from the Bible. So you're to dress as that particular, as those people. And then you would, you, people would guess who they are, you know. Well, we had a family here who had three daughters. And those three daughters came in, and they were all dressed in white, top to bottom. They had a belt and a roll of toilet paper on their side. First, second, and third, John. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Tom remembers that, right, Tom? You don't remember that? You don't remember that? Larry Pikes, Larry Pikes, three girls, yeah. The Pikes. The Pikes. No, no. <laughs> I am not that creative. You can tell I am not that creative. <laughs> I, I, still, I still use a chalkboard. I'm not. <laughs> the slate chalkboard. <laughs> I am not that creative. Any questions or comments or, or anything? Next week is Titus. Who's teaching that? Uh, Tom. Tom? Todd. Oh, Todd. Okay. Okay, very good. Okay, so next week is tied. Any other questions or comments or anything? Don, would you close us in prayer, please? Sure. Gracious Father, thank you, Lord, for this time we've had together, for Clarence's uh, work in preparing and teaching your word. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for the reminder of who we are in you. 
great the Lord for the privilege of going into the sanctuary and worshiping you. We ask that you be with Joel, that you would bless him, fill him, uh, Lord, with your wisdom and your spirit, and teach us, encourage us, admonish us as you see fit. Uh, Father, we are yours. 